0: Welcome to another week of Flyover Footy and our Flyover Forecast. Uh, my name's Jake, joined by, I I really wanted to call you Carver because I just did my other podcast yesterday. And I said, wanted to say joined as always by Carver, but you are not Carver. You're a Matt Baker. Nope. How are you doing, man?
1: Doing well. We're talking about Flyover Country here, not uh, not Barossa. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. I'll probably just like re- re- redo the whole thing and just start all over, maybe.
1: But <laughs> I could probably I could probably nod along if we're going to pivot. But
0: <laughs> no, I don't think we need to talk about Dortmund. Um, but we are uh, talking about St. Louis City SC, City 2. And that's why we're here for Flyover Forecast to preview the upcoming game uh, back in action Saturday night, Ralph Courty Stadium. Is it Courty or Court? I don't know. I'm not it's from Cordy. St. Louis. It's,
1: it's Courty. I was uh, politely corrected by the, the St. Louis City punks. Uh, okay. A few weeks ago, when I so um poorly pronounced it corte, <laughs> but it's it's definitely cordy, so it's nice and smooth Ralph cordy
0: that's what I thought, but I had heard both, so I was like I should probably double check before I just jump on the mic and sign like an idiot, but now I'm doing it, I'm just learning in real time as we go. It's all fine,
1: but yeah i, I, feel get like to- I can I can have the final say on on that I've heard in person from numerous people,
0: cordy. cool. Well, all right. Uh, big shout out to you. I want to shout out to Adam, Joe, and Robbie who are joining us right now on Twitter Spaces. Um, we do have some news. Just classic. This is what happens when you record podcasts consistently, and that was kind of our goal too, is that especially with a team like St. Louis City who just wants to announce stuff all the time, it's so great because when we get news, we got to do a podcast. So we got a signing. We got big news about City. And then, of course, I said that we're going to preview the game. But Matt, how are you feeling about this new signing? Edward Leuven.
1: I'm feeling good about it. So, uh, I mean, the, the interesting, I guess, knock kind of on him is we don't know a whole lot about him. Um, not a huge body of work. Um, you know, coming from the Bundesliga, the first German international that we actually signed from the Bundesliga, far from the first uh, player from the Bundesliga. But he doesn't really, almost similar to Klaus, doesn't really exude designated players. So, you know, 6'1", 200 pounds, 25 years old, Um, he has been described as a box-to-box midfielder by Lutz. I've seen a few other comments, um, from some analysts who know German soccer and they refer to him as a box-to-box very, very much central mid that we have apparently been looking for for a while. And the thing about it that really gives me confidence isn't necessarily the body of work, which isn't, isn't a whole lot, but the there's a history behind the player being valued. So Hertha Berlin signed him originally for 7 million euros. Uh, He has been loaned out here and there. He had 26 appearances in the Bundesliga uh, last year and helped his club um, Bochum avoid relegation. So similar to Nielsen, he had that experience of fighting for your club's life, essentially. Yeah. he He has, he has a lot of experience he's bringing to the table, but the thing that really gets me is We've talked about in Lutz, we've tru- we trust a whole lot, and knowing his vision and his eyes and the product that he's been putting on the field for City Two, playing the same style, and he he more or less has crafted that lineup. I feel as much as what he's building for MLS, and trusting in Lutz means listening to what he is looking for and what he values, which is in his style of play, box to box midfielder quite possibly is the most important person on the pitch at any given moment. If you're going to play that kind of uh, position in this fast paced, high press offense, where you need to track back very quickly, you're going to need the best of the best or the best that you could possibly get. And for him to put that DP tag on Leuven just shows me that he has all the faith in him in the world to accomplish that role for our team. So that's, that's why, you know, even though he might not have the massive body of work or, or the goals or the assists or uh, playing. He, I think he has some Europa League experience, but not playing champion, that kind of stuff. You know, to me, it's all about how he's going to fit in the system because that's what we've been told and, and the importance that we've seen on the field for City, too, and that's why I'm pretty confident in
0: it. I, even as someone who watches Bundesliga a little more, we were joking about, talking about Dorman stuff earlier. Um yeah. I don't. I didn't know much about this guy either. I'm sure. I guess I have seen him play for other Bundesliga teams, just not knowing who he was. Because if he's playing for, if he was at Bochum on loan, I mean, they actually gave Dortmund a pretty tough run (laughs) in one of our games. But, uh, anyways, yeah, someone I'm not that familiar with. But what I like about this signing and other signings we've seen, and I think Lutz mentioned this, um, with the exception of of Nilsson and Berkey, obviously, um, that they're they're young talent with European experience who kind of have that, that drive, like they still maybe need to prove something and, but they're young enough that coming, they, they can come play in MLS for a couple of years and they still have a chance to go sign for a bigger club if they want to. Cause very much if they're young Europeans, they're probably, they're going to want to get back to Europe. But I like that this MLS can become this kind of stepping stone where it can maybe reignite something or or re re be a, a relaunch pad for some players if they're and if they're still young and they have that that fire and that drive and I, I think from what we've heard from Lutz that's what he's looking for he's looking for the guys who are are going to get down a dirty nitty gritty and like play like play tough and play hard and so I I like that just that's what this profile looks like it's another young guy who wants to prove himself and can still has a chance to to keep going up so
1: well 25 years old now he'll be 26 uh, in january when he starts playing for city and he's signed through 2026 with an option for 2027 so he's going to be here until he's around 29 years old doing the quick math yeah 29 or 30 assuming we keep him for the life of his contract and he's coming off of appearances with the german olympic national team that you i think they have a u21 side or u23 I think U21s. And so having that experience, I could absolutely see him trying to work his way into or back to national team consideration. And it's kind of exciting that St. Louis city is going to be used as a platform to do that. And I know I have no doubt that Lutz is the reason he's here. Knowing Lutz has those connections and conversations with so many people in Germany and so many conversations and, and eyes can be on him for that so it's like it's almost like even though he's with mls and in st louis he still has that visibility to the german national team and all of those coaches and scouts that, that exist over there
0: yeah it's really cool uh, before we move on do you have anything else with him or you want to get on to the uh, academy news
1: well the only other thing is he's another one that we still expect to play for city Two or to be oh, in, yeah. in contention to play for us uh this summer.
0: Yeah, I'm- this is the weekend. I, I said it. I want all the guys coming in and celebrating an American Fourth of July. Bring them in in style when it's hot and hot and fireworks are flying.
1: It's the American way, right?
0: <laughs> what What better way like baptism of fire? Bring them Bring them to St. Louis for Fourth of July. Like
1: get them, give them a show. Them yeah, give them a show. Send them uh, to Fair St. Louis. Yeah, <laughs> never know who might show up at the city two match on Saturday.
0: Uh, all right, so before we get in the city two game, we do have to give a big shout out and mention to the uh, St. Louis City Academy U16s, who big are another step closer to MLS Next Cup. They are uh, headed to the final four, and they play. So this is more for people who are listening on or joining us on Twitter Spaces right now because they play at 9 a.m. Thursday morning. By the time this is out as a podcast, game's going to be over. But uh, if you're here on uh, if you're hanging with us on Twitter Spaces. Tomorrow morning, you can watch the uh, MLS, the Academy U16s uh, play at 9 a.m. versus DC United Academy, and it's on U- uh, YouTube.com slash MLS. So you can watch yeah, it. The
1: official Major League Soccer uh, YouTube account, it'll be on. Yep. Yeah,
0: really cool. And, I mean, might as well just get a little later start to your day and watch the U16s.
1: Who doesn't love morning soccer? It harkens back to those MLSs back. You Remember that tournament where they had games on in the morning? Yeah. It was fun. Why not start your day? Why not have some coffee and – Watch hopefully our U16s uh, advance to the finals because they're playing D.C. United. They've already beaten the Boston Bolts, Ballistic United, and Atlanta United most recently. Uh, One goal wins in all three of those. So they're they're on quite the roll. And the U16s, you know, they're who we've been watching as these goal-scoring phenomenon throughout the entire year. They have been very impressive to watch and to follow. So I hope they make it to the finals and play one of these California teams on the other side of the bracket.
0: And – I, it's very possible I missed this. I don't really know what's going on. But in the tweet, it says something about the U-17s by their side. Are they still in this tournament or not?
1: No, the U-17s went out in the first round. Um, they lost against FC Delco 6-3 to three back on June 26th. Okay. So, by their side is more in that. Yeah. I think they were in that picture. Moral support still down there type of a
0: thing. That makes sense. All right. Which
1: could play into this weekend as we look ahead.
0: Yeah. Um, so, we, I guess... We're, we're, Get into it, that's what it's about. Flyover forecast. Um, previewing St. Louis versus Colorado Rapids 2 Saturday night, Ralph Cordy Stadium. Like we mentioned, seven, uh, 7 o'clock kickoff. Keep your eyes peeled for maybe some internationals coming in. I don't know. I'm gonna be looking and, and hoping, and we'll see. We what- talked
1: about, we talked on our last flyover how um, Klaus, based on some Instagram posts, may have maybe arriving on the second. You never know who might be in town at the first opportunity with the right before the transfer window hits. And this is when players who are joining new teams are making those moves.
0: I mean, you go to the game and then drive them right downtown, catch the fireworks show. Perfect. Welcome to America. You, you're,
1: you're at the airport. You take them downtown for the fireworks you, <laughs> or the barbecue or whatever's going on the music. And then you take them right over to Edwardsville. It just makes yeah. sense.
0: Um, before we get into the the real game preview, I do want a slight recap from you. I was Unfortunately, unable to watch the last game. I saw, I think, well, I caught the end. I saw the score and I saw we won. But Matt, could you just give me a quick rundown of the game? Which, yeah, I was, okay, when I checked the standings today, I'm bummed that we're currently sitting in in second. Only on goal differential. But man, I'm just like, I'm just, we have such a good run going. And we'll we'll talk about that, but I'm just so hyped.
1: And honestly, I'm a little disappointed that 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 goal differential isn't higher. And that's one of the things about last weekend's game. So it was a 2-0 win over the Real Monarchs. Goals by Kyle Hebert and Akeel Watts early in the game. But overall, I feel they controlled more of the game than we would have wanted to. And I think John Hackworth had some some comments to that effect, where they had possession around 47%. Their shots on goal were on par with us. So we had 18 shots. They had 16. Eight shots on goal for us, five for them. Abnormal for us. We don't usually allow the opposition to get off that many shots. So Michael Creek, who was in net, was uh, very much um, tried and, you know, trial by fire came through it. One of his first starts since Ian McGrain came back uh, with the other was actually against Rapids too, the last time we played him. But this past weekend was kind of, I felt a little out of our element. They, they kind of pressed us a little more. They put us on our heels. They, they got through a few of our lines a little easier than I would have expected from the worst team in the league, but I guess when all is said and done, if you're going to play the worst team in the league, you feel like they overperformed and you underperformed and you still come away with a two nothing win, it can't be all that bad.
0: Yeah. And uh just comparing us in Rapids uh for like head to head this weekend, obviously we're so we are sitting second um behind North Texas SC uh just on goal differential, man, it felt real good beating Houston and going top and then uh I mean we just we haven't stopped winning which is nice that's why i was like i checked the standards like oh i was just like expecting us to be up there and houston's kind of falling off a little bit but then yeah colorado at the bottom of our are they at the bottom or am i missing that colorado is Conference? third from the bottom okay oh third from the bottom but uh, this was the one i just remember this is one in colorado where it was a very disappointing draw
1: well the last time we played colorado we played their first team yeah, <laughs> yeah. so which actually is an interesting thing. So the, just the sheer fact that we're standings-wise so much better than them. The last time we played them was a complete anomaly to me, having played them during their MLS uh, bi-week international break. So they brought down their entire first team. And actually they did that again against the Rail Monarchs and uh, beat them 3-1, to one, where we pulled out the tie. all we should have pulled out the win if stoppage time hadn't been extended well beyond the – uh, state of time, so there, there's some. I think there's some junk going on there. But, but we ended up, um, we ended up going toe to toe with their first team. And if you honestly, if you look at the Rapids' two record, three eight and two, if you take out their two matches again from their first team, then their second team, who we're going to play, has really only won two games. And guess who both of those games were against?
0: I don't, I don't know who.
1: Timbers two.
0: Okay. Oh, both Who of them. Is oh, okay.
1: One of the other <laughs> worst teams in the league. So the only teams that the Rapids two have beaten first or second team are the Timbers two and real Monarchs. The only two teams below them in the standings, their goal differential reflects that they have a minus 19 goal differential for reference. We have plus 13 and the league or the conference leaders have plus 15. So the story is quite obvious about how their performance have been And, uh, you know, you can look at their last three matches and they, you know, haven't been awful. They beat Timbers two last week. So they're coming off a win, although it's against that really terrible Timbers two team. And then uh, two weeks or three weeks ago, they had their first team against Real Monarchs. And so, you know, since then they've lost to Tacoma four four to one. They've been up and down. They haven't had their full team playing consistently except for the past couple of weeks because they seeded to their first team. They're just kind of all over the place. It, it, it's, it's a very much a backup reserve team and in, in that just, it doesn't seem like it matters. They just need to fill in a gap or trying to look at their homegrowns or generation Adidas players, which we'll mention here in a little bit, but it's, it's another one of those could be a trap matchups, but really should be a win based on their track record. And especially the form that we're in.
0: Yeah. And I think I talked about it in the last forecast we did when we were on maybe like three wins and just well, oh, we were coming off that Chicago four goal. Was it four or five, five goal, goal, out. Like blit, yeah, five goal out first? Yeah, like just the confidence coming from that. I think we're still gonna be riding on that confidence, especially seriously, if if our international players are coming in, that's just gonna hype up guys even more, too. Like if if they're on the sidelines there, like that's gonna be such a cool thing. Um, and they're playing at home, and there's going to be a little chip on their shoulder from what happened in Colorado last time. I think they're just going to come out banging, and it's going to be it's going to be good. We'll get into the actual like uh, predictions a little bit later. But uh, you did tease the roster, and when we were talking about the academy, we talked about the roster. So I want to jump into roster what what we might see from them. Hopefully, not their whole first team, and and from us too.
1: I'm assuming we're not going to see anyone from their first team. So I didn't
0: even bother. I haven't to checked their schedule.
1: They're not playing tonight. Are
0: they playing tonight?
1: (laughs) I think they are actually. It's a double game week for MLS. And so most teams, if not all, are playing tonight um, and again this weekend. So shout out to MLS Fantasy for keeping me on my toes on that kind of stuff. Um, But I, I, so I looked on who their uh, top kind of top players to watch for. And I came up with four players that we should probably watch out for if we were to be troubled by anyone. Two of them are forwards. They have a playmaking mid and one of their keepers. So their top two goal scorers are homegrown players occupying some of those supplemental slots on their, their main team. Um, number 77, Yapi and 37, Toure. So they are both homegrowns. They've both started nine games and played 10 total. Um, Yapi has four goals and Toure has three. They lead their team by far. Um, interesting thing about Yapi is he, uh, has, a, has one of his goals outside the 18-yard box, so he can be a threat both in and outside the box. Um, and Toure has a 60% shot percentage, so he is on target whenever he gets his shots off. And you see those started nine, played 10, uh, knowing that they have played 13 games so far. Well, like I said, two of their games were played by their MLS players, so no, no, none of their players have all of their games played like uh, a lot of our guys do. The other guy that really I think we should watch out for is number 16, uh, Philip Mayaka. He's a midfielder, and he's their Generation Adidas player. So he's on their supplemental uh, 21 to 24 roster slots, which is uh, where those Generation Adidas players occupy. He started 10 games and played 10 games. So every game that their – or almost every game that their second team has played, he's played in. He leads their team in accurate and total passes – Uh, The ball is clearly played through him the entire time. I haven't watched their tape, but he sounds like a number 10 pretty clearly. Um, And the interesting thing is, as far as accurate passes go, in the season, he has 358 accurate passes. The next best Rapids 2 player there has 282. So he has almost 100 more accurate passes than the next highest player on their team. If we can shut him down or at least um, work on him, throw him off his game, I think that will not only do wonders, but I think that'll really do the, do the trick in disrupting them enough as long as we can create offense. And then their goalkeeper, um, Abraham Rodriguez is homegrown as well. Now he started eight games, but Isaac uh, Nimi has played the last two. So they've had two games from their MLS side, two games in the past two weeks from their, their Rapids two side and now us. So it's interesting that uh, Rodriguez, their homegrown keeper, Hasn't really played since before their MLS teams in early June dropped down. So Nimi is who we may face, and he's coming off of giving up four goals against Tacoma and uh, two goals against Timbers two. So not exactly the greatest track record. I'm not quite sure why he's earning more opportunities. So either way, you know they they allow a ton of goals. So I'm not too concerned, regardless of which keeper we see. To me, it's really. Uh, Philip Mayaka number 16 yeah. in the mid, if we can control him, we'll be okay.
0: Cool. And, uh, looking, I mean, I ha- you, you have some really cool stats written down about, as we talk about our roster and specifically like league leaders, um, that we, we kind of see a lot of league leaders on city two, which I mean, we're like top of the league kind of pretty much. So it, it makes sense. Um, and we're just awesome. Cause we're, yeah. Uh, do you want to jump into those stats that you have?
1: Yeah, so uh, there's kind of four players on our team who have been leading the league or near the top in a few categories. Uh, Kyle Hebert is the workhorse; um, he's the Iron Man who is tied for second in the league in total minutes played. And the only reason he's tied for second is because uh, the Tacoma Defiance have a player who they've played 14 games; we played 13, so extra game played is the only reason he has played. Every minute of every game so far, and there are two other players, at least in the league, who are in that same boat. But Hebert is tied for second in minutes played. Um, Akil Watts is tied for second in the league in goals scored outside of the 18-yard box with two. But those two have come recently. Mm-hmm. And and I think uh, we've seen his style of play in coming up. Uh, in from that, you could say, number six, number eight role. Uh, really lends itself to that. So it's fun to see him kind of remain at the top in that. Ezra Armstrong remains tied for second in the league with uh, six yellow cards. (laughs) He did not pick one up last week. So credit to him. He (laughs) dropped a little bit. I think he was leading the league prior to last week. I'll be honest.
0: When I saw these stats, I just saw the names. I didn't actually read what the stats were. So that one's funny. I was just like ready for 100% praise, but that's a good one. Nice. I mean, it just means he's a good physical player.
1: He's, he's physically strong. He's attacking, he's disruptive. I like it. I like it. You know, it's, and it's, it's I think there was one game he might have been suspended earlier this year for the yellow card accumulation, if I recall. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, just a strong, hardworking, <laughs> uh, disruptive kind of guy and everybody loves the style of play. You look on Twitter, everybody's talking about who uh, we expect to move up next year. His name's always in there just because of the style, he, style of play he has. And he's fun to watch. Yeah. And then uh, Celio Pompeu, So he has three categories in which he's towards the top. He leads the league in successful dribbles. He's second in the league in successful crosses. And he's third in the league in key passes. So his position, typically left mid, left winger. Uh, Lately, he's been playing out on the right side since Diaz has been injured. He is that kind of, um, not quite a number 10, but he's that playmaker, the guy who can find you in the box. And he's really good with the ball outside one-on-one. To get those crosses off and that's one of the reasons he's kind of one of my favorites to watch is he's always he's always great with his service and his delivery and he it's reflected in the stats
0: yeah i one thing i noticed with him too i think early on in the season you kind of you saw him trying stuff and not quite being successful and you just like just the growth from him and i think a lot of it comes from confidence too and being able to build up that confidence and knowing what he's capable of and maybe it just took him a while to get settled but at first it was like you could see him trying a lot of stuff and it wasn't really panning out. And then, but now he's just been flying. He's he's so exciting to watch. Even in the first couple of games, like he was exciting. It just couldn't quite pull it off. Uh, but man, he's been, he yeah, he's so fun to watch. Definitely one of the, one of the guys you need to just keep your eye on the whole game. And like, as soon as he gets the ball, like, you know it, like he's always going to do something exciting. So
1: And with him, one of the things, so I, I had some things not uh, looking, looking ahead, like what can we look for trends or different talking points? where is he going to play? Assuming he starts, where is he going to play on Saturday? And I think it heavily depends on whether Vitor Diaz is actually in our starting lineup. He's been hurt the past two weeks. So if he returns, um, you figure he would slide in that number 10 um, center mid role. And then Juan Cousin had typically been playing on the right side. And that would slide Celio back out to the left where he seems more comfortable. And if that's the case, I think, I think that's our best lineup having those three players there Mm -hmm. Um, assuming we don't start any academy players. But if we do that, I think he'll be a lot more comfortable.
0: Yeah. Do you realistically think they might throw some academy guys in? I know this is something we talked about a couple weeks ago, but with them being out and maybe with it being Colorado, this is a good opportunity for them to to start and get some 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 time.
1: But I definitely do. I think it's a perfect matchup to get them time. One thing I mentioned earlier is will they still be down in Frisco cheering on the 16s or are they being brought back um, to play a part? Because we've had a short bench the past two weeks and I think we kind of need it. You know, it's not expected to be as hot of a game on Saturday, but the past two weeks have no doubt taxed the guys. It, it's been tough in uh, in Lawrence and then back home in that 90 plus degree heat and humidity. So I, I would appreciate a deeper bench and I I kind of would have a hard time believing they would stay down in Frisco just to cheer on the 16s if they made it to the final, as opposed to coming back here to actually um, be on a game day roster and, and get some minutes in. They're going to be rested. They haven't played since the 26th. And I would love to see them get the opportunity against the Rapids too, because after this game, the schedule gets a little bit dicey. So we start playing we start playing better caliber teams. We start playing Tacoma Defiance, um, Minnesota United. Uh, I think it's Minnesota United two, uh, Tacoma Defiance, and then North Texas. So we've got a string of difficult games. This kind of puts, this game against the Rapid, Rapids 2 puts a cap on about five games playing Sporting K- Rapids 2, uh, Timbers 2, Monarch, Sporting KC, uh, and Rapids 2 again. So this is our last real big opportunity, or Fire 2 is in there. This is our last big opportunity to get some what should be easy points before mm-hmm. we face some top caliber teams and another opportunity for some of those academy players to get some minutes.
0: Yeah, and I'll say it again: international guys going to be coming in. So it's we're about be, to see yeah.
1: we're about to see a bit of a shift too. I think this may be the last game before the real conversation starts. of yeah. – where who, they who slots slot? in yeah, exactly yep. who slots in and when and for how long
0: yeah it's exciting but also it, it's a weird like i want to see the academy guys grow and, and develop it's like but i just out of out of like uh, i don't know like i just want to see the i want to see the big signings too like i want to see those guys play i know
1: <laughs> but we know they need to get like the second preseason they Lutz yeah. and hack have talked about they're going to come in they're going to get acclimated they're going to practice. It's a, it's a preseason for them. They're getting back into form and then they're going to ease themselves in. So Nielsen in particular is coming off an injury. Probably won't see him for a while. Klaus hasn't played in a while, but he has posted Instagrams about training. Everybody else may be in decent form. It's been about a month and a half or so since their seasons have ended, but I, I wouldn't expect anything soon, but I'm, I'm nervous a little bit in in a sense because the guys who are playing now have been playing really, really well. It's almost a shame for them not to get minutes and seed it to kind of the players who need it, but still, you know, it's one of those, like there's a surplus of talent going on here and you don't want anybody to sit, but you want to see, definitely want to see the MLS players. definitely want to see the Academy players get some growth opportunities, but I'm starting to really enjoy these city two players who have just come in signed to the next pro team.
0: Yeah. Um, since you just hit on like seeing the MLS players and I think Stu put out, Stu put out the tweet about the Columbus crew signing someone from MLS next or their MLS next pro team. Um, real quick before we get into the, our predictions, uh, what, what are your thoughts on potential MLS next pro guys for St. Louis city getting signed in MLS, uh, contract deal.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, J- Jason Russell Rowe has become the first player from the Columbus crew Two to sign a contract with their first team. And I think he's playing tonight. And I saw he might have had two assists already tonight, which is wild to have a crew
0: for the there. first team.
1: Yeah, for the first team. Oh, nice. They're playing right now. Yeah. As we record, that is so uh, there's to me, there's a popular I mean, the obvious choice popular right now is Josh Doling, and I'm not disagreeing and I'm, I'm a big Josh Doling fan. So that's the easy answer. My top three are uh, Celio Pompeu, Josh Doling, and Kyle Hebert right now. I think that provides a lot of depth to some positions that um, we already have some top players on. So we have one center, well, technically two center backs because Josh Yaro is already signed to a deal next year. I don't know what his role will be, but I think Hebert and I look at a few different qualities of how to try to predict that. Number one is obviously playing time. Who is getting the most playing time on City 2? Um, the next is kind of when when our top roster is out there, when we feel like there are no injuries, who is ahead of who? And the last time I can recall where before Diaz was hurt, our lineup really consisted of um, Kwame, uh, Josh Yarrow, Kyle Hebert, Ben DeRosa, Akil Watts, Max Schneider in the mid, and then Celio Pompeu, Vitor Diaz, Juan Cousin, Josh Doling up front. And so that's that's my bucket of guys to choose from right there. If you're not one of those guys, that, to me right now, I'm not going to – I think that's who we need to look at. And so I've looked at Akil Watts and Max Schneider. Even Kwame has gotten a ton of playing time in a very important role. That left-back role is essentially a left-winger in this offense, mm-hmm. providing a ton of offensive runs as well as needing to track back. Those three, I think, provide um, some really interesting options in where and how they play. But I think ultimately, it's we're looking at depth right now. Mm. We're not really looking at any, um, maybe not any starting eleven, but definitely depth. And I, I like those six guys a whole lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think what about I... you. What about you? I mean, it it, it it's just hard to say because you you don't know like who. I don't know. You you don't know who else they're going to sign to fill in that space. Like because we've already like grown to love these guys, it'd be great to see them slot in. Um, the, the doling one. I don't know if I'm like completely on board with doling at MLS. I, I would love that. I just, I don't know. Part of me is just like, I, I hope he can make the step, but that's just my worries. Like maybe he can't make the next step. He's been doing good. Um,
1: could you see him as maybe one of those guys we look at from other teams, where yes, he's on the main roster, it's a supplemental slot, and then he's playing for City Two again next year, even though he signed, he is also signed, so he could go. As well yeah, as back and forth. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I would, I would love that. Like, I would, I, I've loved Josh Doling. I would love for him to get it. I, that's just, I think what I've seen. I know he, he's, he, he's done a lot of good, but I just don't know if I've seen enough for him to be like put him on mls i don't know if i don't i just don't think he's ready to play mls right now at this point i hope he can get there um just because i said we we, we've already fallen in love with some of these guys because uh it's it's so cool watching them um i think diaz has a shot and then is Kuzain on an mls contract already or not
1: it hasn't been officially announced like josh yarrow has but he is heavily rumored to have the same
0: contract okay cool but that I I think Diaz would be my my top I like the hebert shot I, that's one I like didn't really think of but he's been real solid so
1: yeah. it's hard to look away from a guy who is the only player on the team to play every minute yeah
0: yeah and and, and changed up positions he's been kind of a utility guy in in some stages I mean mainly he has got last week yeah <laughs> all right let's get into the uh the every time I want to say I need to say predictions. I just want to like say a different word. I lost it. I lost it the last time we did one of these, but I luckily I have it. The word is in front of my face. Predictions. Let's get into our predictions.
1: Nicely done. <laughs> I don't have so you know talking about who we're playing the the type of team. I expect it. I expect what I expected last week to have a similar um, very offensive production, very ball controlling. Um, I expect this to be our game just like I expected the Monarchs game to be. So we'll see. But I think it's going to be 3-1. Uh, the Timber, or no, sorry, uh, Rapids, too, have just been terrible in allowing goals. And so there is no reason for a team as difficult of a time that we have had in actually putting the ball in the net at times. The amount of shots that we can get off, the amount of chances that we can create, there is no reason that we can't put up at least three goals against this team at home. And I think, if anything, the Monarchs game was kind of a reality check in what we need to do a caliber of team that is clearly below us but can give us a tough time and so you know i I don't know if we can keep a clean sheet against them just because they have put up a couple goals here and there um 3-1 seems like a safe bet to me how about you
0: i'm gonna go 2-0 i I feel like we can get a clean sheet at home i think fourth of july internationals coming in maybe i think it's gonna be a, a cool opportunity and as you mentioned the the Real Monarchs game. I, it's easy to look at us, the streak we're on, and be like, okay, well, we're gonna, we can't keep this going forever, so we're gonna dip. Maybe we're gonna dip here, but that Real Monarchs game, like you said, was we got the win, we got the job done, but it was a bit of a dip. And I think Hack How, How is gonna be on top of them, get them back in check, uh, to where we're gonna have a dominant performance this weekend. I, I think we are gonna control a lot of the ball. One thing I really like about just watching this team is, we talked a lot of like before they started stylistically what we're going to see is like, we're not going to have a lot of the ball. It's going to be winning it back in heavy pressing. But one thing I've noticed is I think I've noticed it. Maybe I'm just making it up in my head, but it's, it seems like we can go back and forth with what we want to do. Do we want to, it's like when we want to control the ball, I feel like this team has no problem taking, taking control and in controlling the possession. Um, And like maintaining it, not just the normal ebb and flows of game, but it seems like, there's certain moments where there are hacks like yeah turn it on when it control it and I I love seeing that I love seeing the just the, the back and forth that like that amount of control seems crazy and I, I feel and like they not, have this, it.
1: the stats support you too we've fluctuated this year anywhere from 35 to 55 percent possession yeah and it, it really depends on the flow of the game and I think it does lend to that flexibility that we have
0: mm-hmm. yeah so I, I think we're gonna control this one in and win 20. Um, well, yeah, I'll tell you, the other
1: thing that the Rapids, too, have is they have zero clean sheets throughout the year. So, bodes well for us on that front. <laughs> just like uh, just like the Real Monarchs, they have going into our, our game, they had zero clean sheets, and they still have zero clean sheets. So, I
0: mean, if we want to bang time. in four, that'd be great, too. Let's do that. I would not Let, mind. We got, we got to get that goal differential back up. Or not we, really back up. we just got to get team. it up, up more. We got to actually take first with no questions asked.
1: No questions asked.
0: Are you going Saturday? I will be there. Nice.
1: I know a lot of people may be on vacation and uh, last check um, weather should be better. So in the eighties, I think uh, dipping into the seventies, maybe during the game, 30, 40% chance of storms. So we'll see if that holds off. You know, that was earlier today when I checked on that. So hopefully that's looking better, but I think it should be a pretty fun night.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, there's probably some fireworks out in Edwardsville or Grafton. There's definitely a fireworks show out there. So like we had catch a game, catch some fireworks. It'll be great. I'm sure
1: we'll hear fireworks going (laughs) off at some point during the game. I have no doubt.
0: Awesome. Well, Hey, uh, thanks for joining us for another flyover footy, man. We we just had a, like a few new people jump into the, uh, (laughs) jump into the Twitter spaces. Thanks for hanging out on Twitter spaces to all you who just jumped in. This is going to be posted as a podcast tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we've been recapping St. Louis City 2 versus Colorado Rapids 2. They play Saturday nights, 7 o'clock, Ralph Cordy Stadium. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So thank thanks so much for hanging out, Matt. Thanks for joining me, man.
1: Appreciate you, Jake. Appreciate everybody listening. See you guys. Bye.